Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Cinema at Home, Amazon Prime, Episode 2. I'm Herbie Hilsden and today we are looking at the brand new Amazon original 7500. We will then discuss a few recommendations for Prime from myself and Ranjit. Joining me as always are Ranjit Nanrat, Craig Fields and David Long. Ranjit, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Herbie. Um, Just staying busy during lockdown, watching a lot of films. Finally finished... uh... Last of Us 2, uh, which was incredible. Uh, I mean, Toby's, uh, who does all of our graphics, we've been talking about it a lot, and we both loved it. Um, but other than that, yeah. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've just made some Pokemon card purchases to round out my collection, <laughs> so I'm having, I'm having a whale of a time today, just <laughs> just dreaming of, of that of that filled-out little booklet of Pokemon cards, so that's so fun. So you mean a whale lord of a time? Ah, oh, well, <laughs> we're not pandering. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Just, just out of curiosity, David, do you know what The Last of Us 2 is? Yes, it's a brand new game. Um, my manager uh, ordered it. It was delivered to our work the day it came out. Apparently, the first one is considered one of the greatest games of all time, I've been told. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. So I know all about the second one. I can admit I have played neither. I'm not a gamer. Um, but I am aware of what it is, so I'm glad that Ranjit has been enjoying it, but I have not played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it, you know, what? it's not something that I've, I've actually officially played a whole lot of, um, but I have heard some seriously good stuff about it, but alas, this is a movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also an introduction section. So David, how are you doing as well? Yes. Thank you for not forgetting me. No, I'm doing well. Um, <laughs> My uh, my brother came back from Manchester. Now the uh, the lockdown rules have been slightly eased. Uh, I've seen my brother for the first time in six months, so it was great to see him, spend a bit of time with the family, and uh, obviously looking forward to talking films with, with you guys. And Craig, how about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. I'm just a bit rushed off my feet with a lot of stuff going on at the minute, uh, trying to keep on top of everything as always, but um, really, really glad to be here to to talk about our Amazon Prime uh, film this week. Lovely stuff. Glad to hear we're all doing just about okay. Let's crack on. Let's kick off this week's episode by discussing it's 7500. 7500 stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a pilot who fights to maintain control of his airliner as terrorists storm the cockpit and we've got for the first time a lovely clip lined up so let's get that going michael i'm fine okay let's focus now i'm bringing down the airplane yeah okay We have a seven five zero zero. Okay, Astor. Could you explain what happened? 
This is Tobias Ellis, the first officer speaking. The captain is injured, but he's okay. Several men attacked our cockpit. We stopped them for now. One of them is still in the cockpit. He's unconscious, the rest are in the cabin. Status of the crew, I don't know. I just hope they're safe in the back. Understood. How many passengers are on board? 85. Okay, where would you like to go to? Um, towards airport? Well, that was um, quite an effective way of, of setting up the film, really. You don't need to watch a trailer. You just need to listen to that, and you get a really good idea of what's going on. So I'll start off by talking about the film. And I'm, I think I quite liked it, but I'm not entirely sure what I think overall, because it's hard to describe, really, because all of it was really well made, I think. Everything clicked together really well. It really got that sense of claustrophobia being, I mean the majority of the film was inside the cabin, inside the cockpit. Mm. And the only real thing you saw of the outside world was just a bit through the win um, windows and a little bit of like that tiny little TV screen, which was set up. It, I remember a shot fairly early on in the film before any of the bad stuff happens. And it, the, sh the camera just lingers on that little TV for what feels like an age. And I was like, well, that's going to come into play quite significantly. And so it did. Um, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as as we all do. He's been really picky with his projects lately because he's been in some films over the last few years, but a lot of like cameo roles, a lot of bid part roles. He's done some voice work, I think. And so it was interesting to see this as one of the sort of films that he's, he's started doing again because I know he's taken a bit of time out to, to focus on his personal life and himself a bit more, which is fair enough. I, I feel like he's he's been doing some stuff with his family as well. I don't know if anyone knows. No, I mean, the last film that he was like seriously in was like 2016, I think. Um, so it was quite a while ago. Um, it was the um, like Snowden film, I think it was. Uh so there was quite a long gap, and I think you're right. I think it was just sort of just to refine himself almost, and just really be really picky about what he's going to do. And with this, I think it's a great film that he's picked to to take on. Um, and as you said, the, the the claustrophobia in the in the cabin was really felt throughout the majority of the movie because the majority of the movie is set within that cockpit. <laughs> The problem I have with this film is the cohesiveness between the stuff that happens almost on the ground, I suppose. So the beginning part, which I felt was really clunky, and then the ending part as well, where it completely lost it for me. Um, I feel like once the... the I, can't, I don't want to spoil it, but once the one of the terrorists almost... This, this almost like Stockholm Syndrome thing kicks in uh, near the end. Uh, it just sort of really, I don't know, it just really loses the whole balance of the entire film. Um, because what you're going for here is almost a play-by-play, 90-minute-ish -play film that is, you know, playing out in real time. Um, and I just didn't, I just, just felt like it wasn't realistic enough at the end, um, I believed everything whilst they're in the air. Absolutely everything. Yeah. And it just completely lost me there. Yeah, I wouldn't have been opposed, really, if a whole film was in the air. Like, it starts with the takeoff and ends with the landing. And just having, I don't know, because the, the beginning of a story is sort of told. I mean, there's those sort of little bits of, like, the security footage and some other little bits like that. And I felt like that could have been shown through flashbacks in a way. And it... it I mean, a lot of the airport security footage, I think it set the tone, kind of. Like, it let you know, it, it told you what was going on. 
but it, it, I don't think it was particularly necessary to see that. Like we know they got on the plane. We know what happens after. I feel like it could have just been flashbacks. And I think my, my biggest issue with the film was how dedicated it was to realism. I don't know how realistic it is in terms of processes, in terms of what the, what the procedures are, if something like this happens, but it felt like it was really trying to ground itself in reality. And while it did that really well, I think that was at, at a detriment to the film. Mm. And the best comparison I have to this, I don't, I don't know if anyone's read the um, Alex Ryder books by Anthony Horowitz. No, yeah, I have. I remember seen them a while ago. Yeah, I read those when I was sort of te- young teenager, my thirteen, fourteen, and they were quite similar. In that it was a ridiculous spy film. That's not the realistic bit, but the author would like describe an engine in over two pages sometimes like there's one bit where alex Ryder steals a quad bike and is escaping from the baddies and i genuinely remember it felt like two pages was just dedicated to talking about the quad bike and while that's interesting and realistic it doesn't create an exciting film it it it, it, it makes you think oh this is really tense this is what's going on but it, it just really really dragged at times and not in a good way i don't particularly mind empty because it was such a quiet film I don't think there was any music in the film at all. Certainly not no. none that I noticed. No, that's a very good point. No, I, it wasn't. I, yeah, no, none, none really. What I, the, the the thing that also I struggled with was the subject matter. In some sense, is this a film that we really need? Is it a film that you know? What is it? What is it showing us here? In some sense, uh, you know, it's it's not it's not doing anything groundbreaking. It's just scaring me in the sense that I don't want to get on a plane now if this ever happens sort of thing it's it it, it didn't it didn't it didn't really give me anything other than no. fear and and it's not the fear that it's not horror yeah. it is a thriller in a sense but it's not a horror film in that in 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 that sense it's 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 got that reality to it and it's too realistic in that sense that you know what is it showing me really is there any morals here is there is there anything like that not that i could see david i'm interested in hearing your thoughts here. yeah so i mean i agree with a lot of the points that have been made and the first thing i'll say is that i really struggled with this film um and i struggled with it for a number of reasons um i felt that it didn't work as an action film or a drama film um and really, that was because, as Herbie has touched upon, it was it was almost too realistic. It was like they had a camera in the cockpit, and there was no there was no drama. For example, when the plane takes off, we get about a five six minute sequence of them checking all of their dials, going through all of their pre flight checks, making a passenger announcement, pressing various knobs and buttons, then pushing the lever forward, then the plane takes off and it goes up, and for someone who's interested in planes and aircrafts, that may be a really interesting insight to how an airplane takes off. But for, for your average movie viewer, it's sort of five or six minutes of, well, what was the point of that? And the whole film had this real ultra realistic film. And as Herbie said, that started with the opening sequence where instead of showing the, uh, the terrorists from a cinematic perspective, we were presented with them from a CCTV footage uh, perspective, and then I've got in my notes as well. The, you know, the, the 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 loading process for the pri- the plane took an absolute age. A couple of passengers didn't get on the plane. Their luggage was on the plane. Then we had a whole two minute discussion about should we get the luggage off, and it was all a bit like sort of c- can we get on with it? Um, 
And when it finally sort of did get on with it, what what was the point of it? We, we never understood why these terrorists were doing what they were doing. We were given no explanation if they wanted a ransom, if it was a, a, an act of religious terror, if it was some sort of political terrorism. We weren't really given much explanation. And I found chunks of the film really difficult to understand, like the audio quite difficult to hear over the sound of the engine a lot of it seemed to be in um the terrorists were speaking in a foreign language and there was no subtitles i think the purpose of that was to leave us in the dark so we sort of didn't know what was going on so we felt a little bit like the pilot and we didn't really understand um serious pace issues and then i thought the ending was most disappointing um and the whole thing left me a little bit puzzled really um and like you said, it made me a little bit afraid of going on a plane. But at the same time, it, I just didn't understand the point of the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree with a lot of your points, David. That's exactly how I felt afterwards. I was just like, what was the point? What was the point of watching this? Um, but I love the fact that um, uh, it was filmed pretty much entirely in the cabin. Yeah. Um, I really liked that, and I really did. It really did add to the sense of that sense of danger, and it made it really did uh, pile up the tension. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is brilliant in this film. I'm so glad he's back, and this is a really good film to come back with as well. Um, but yeah, I felt the same. I just felt you know a bit a bit underwhelmed with the ending. It it really does fall apart in the final act. Um, it was just a bit pointless. I, I just. There's a, it had the potential to be something really, really good, but it just, it just didn't stick the landing. Part of my, part of my pun. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it was almost there. It was, there was so much going for it, and then the final act just fell apart for me. Um, yeah, Herb, you're right. There's no score. That's one thing I noticed as well. There was no score throughout the film, uh, which again is another good part of the film. I think that really does add to the realism mm. and the sense of danger around the pilot, and it does add to add to the stakes of what what could happen. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it does really fall apart in its ending. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anybody yeah. else got anything else to add? Yeah, I've got a few things to add. I mean, this the, the film was shot in a very different way to most films and it involved sort of stitching together a series of of scenes from like each day almost like the 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 way that the cinematographer did this was like just set the camera up and let it roll for hours on end for like just a single take and then they stitched these single takes together in like large chunks um and the director wanted this hyper realistic film as well so what he did to do that was let them improvise and really immerse themselves in the role. And I think if they didn't have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this role, I think the whole film would have completely fallen apart. Yeah, definitely. The cast around him, I think, let him down a little bit, actually. Um, just, I just don't think they really captured what was going on here in some, in some senses. I, the stakes were high and he had this sort of really calm calmness again you know with him um joseph gordon levitt and then when he had to when he really showed that emotion like it really did get me but everyone else seemed a bit lackadaisical almost mm. I mean, the terrorists really were 
they weren't bad, but it was, I don't know, it just, it, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm getting the same sense here that everyone else may yeah. have been feeling, but it just, they they just sort of let it down just that little bit. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I don't know. But do you, do you know what I mean by Craig? What did they, what did they actually want though? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was, I think it, uh, they wanted to just crash the plane, didn't they? And they weren't planning on. There was a line, wasn't there, in there? And it was like. Yeah, just they wanted to, to smash the plane into a building, I think. I think they wanted to just to cause carnage to, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Um, I can't remember the words, but the words have gone. Um, they, they were trying to. Um, Come on, Craig, you can do it. I know. <laughs> the one, it's the one word. Um <laughs> It has gone from my head. <laughs> they were <But>, trying <laughs> to avenge. There we go. Avenge those uh, Muslims that had been murdered by people in, in the Western world. Essentially, that was the, you know the, the the typical thing that you'd expect almost from a terrorist in a terrorist film that set it yeah. up. Um, it was almost a little bit right. Okay, right over yeah. my head. Like it's 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 a bit, you know typical in that sense and it's obviously not typical but it is in these yeah. sort of films um but it's a bit it's a bit of a shame that is at the end of the film that's what it just sort of boiled down to mm. like there was no more depth to what they were doing or who they were um you know it's just a bit it's just a bit uncomfortable especially like in this day and age where the terrorists just turn out to be the brown people and you know it's just like guys really like i think i think we're we're past this. Like it mm. could have been, it could have been anything else. Um, which is, yeah, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but I think, um, I think Herbie, you mentioned that the, the, the um, sort of like the intric- intricacies of the, the sort of pilot procedure and stuff. Um, that was actually an aspect of the film I really liked. Um, I really did. I think it um, added a lot to it and it just, you know, it just, it just made it seem more real to me. Yeah. Um, you know, hearing all of that stuff, all the dialogue, all the technical technical jargon, and um, you know the procedure of how long it takes for it to um, how long it takes for them to fly off and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. I did like that. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. Got, like one of the pits where they were like, uh, "No, no tams." I was like, "Oh, I know that. I, I fly, I fly drones. I know what a no tam is." And I was like, <laughs> yeah. "But that was the only bit that I really sort of picked up on that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool." Um, but the the captain in, who was um, apparently the piloting the plane in this film actually was a real pilot as well. Oh wow! Oh yeah, he, he like he he was a real life captain now an actor. It was yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to say is I feel like what let this film down was that our protagonist played by um, his name escapes me. Is it Joseph Gordon Levitt? Yes. Um, who was fantastic, by the way. I think he's really the glue that holds this film together. Because we're thrown straight into the cockpit, we know nothing really of his character. We're given a little bit of um, background information. But do you know what? I feel like it would have almost been better if the film had started with a couple of flashbacks with him and maybe a couple of flashbacks of the terrorists and, and just a little bit more information so that when they got on the plane, we just had a bit more of a connection to that main yeah. character. Because I just felt like when the threat of the terrorists came, I didn't know this captain. And if I'd have known him a bit better, I think I'd have been able to engage with the film a bit more. I, I don't know if flashbacks would have lended itself to the way that the film's been made. Here. Yeah, like we're talking about a com- yeah, complete, almost it, a completely it, separate yeah. film. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they had more depth to each of their characters and you could get more out of the conversation so you understood and built that connection even further somehow without losing what it was like in that hyper-realistic situation. You know, it's balancing, isn't it? And I think the director let the actors go a bit yeah. too far in improvising, perhaps, and didn't guide them enough in terms of having their characters talk about who they really are. They, there was little bits of golden nuggets throughout, but it wasn't enough either for me, I don't think. Yeah. I suppose, Herbie, you're going to want to ask us questions, really, whether or not we think it's worth it now. <laughs> I don't think I've got anything else to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just going to say one final thing before we move on to whether we think it worth it. It, it just fe- it felt like a post-9-11 film, but about 15 years too late. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. like you yeah, said, with the exactly. villains, it was just a bit... You know, it wasn't ir- it wasn't irrelevant. It wasn't this, but it just felt a bit old fashioned in the way it dealt with so many of the issues and so many of the nationalities, and it was all just a bit convenient. And as you may be able to tell, I I don't think it's worth a watch. Really, I think it's interesting, but I think there are far better films of the genre to spend your time watching. Uh, Craig, how about you? Do you think it's worth it? Um, I don't think it's worth it um i don't think it's one of the films that i would say go out and seek out and watch it or sign up to amazon prime because it, this is on there uh, it's nothing special i mean the the main things i draw from it is jo- uh, gordon uh, joseph gordon <laughs> gordon um, <performance. laughs> well done gordon um and i think if you want if you're interested in planes the hyper realism of that is also probably of interest but other than that i don't think it's worth seeing um uh, at all really no uh david how about you yeah for me i think i mean i've been quite critical of the film i think director patrick volrath deserves some credit for trying and achieving with this hyper-realism but for me it's that that hyper-realism wasn't the kind of cinematic experience that I was after um Joseph Gordon-Levitt gives a brilliant performance it's great to see him back and look this isn't a total write-off there is some goodness within this film but for me it's just not quite worth it particularly at home um I just don't think it's 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 worth watching and Ranjit to round us off. Um, I'm going to say it is worth watching. I think it's worth watching because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is back and it's a good performance from him. Um, and and I think actually f- for your, to watch it at home, this is, I think this is actually, like, that's actually the best place to watch it. I think if you were good, if you were to go to the cinema and pay what I don't know how much is a ticket, 15, <laughs> thirteen pounds. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, thirteen pounds a ticket or whatever. I think it's a bit of a rip off. Like if you've got if you already got Prime, then just give it a watch. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say it is worth it. Just don't expect something amazing out of it. It's it's just it's just a bit. It's just fine. It's just it's yeah. That's it. <laughs> Justified. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to be talking about a few recommendations on Amazon Prime. Ranji, what have you got for us today? So, um, I was looking on Amazon Prime the other day and I saw that they had just added Mad Max Fury Road. 
So in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, Max, a drifter and survivor, unwittingly joins Imperator Furiosa, a rebel warrior, in a quest to overthrow a tyrant who controls the land's water supply. And the reason I've added this is because this is one of my favourite films of all time now. Um, it's directed by George Miller, you've got Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron in there. Um, and even though the film is Mad Max Fury Road, it really is Charlene Theron's character Furiosa's story, which is what I really like about it. Um, I haven't seen any of the other Mad Max films. I remember just going in blindly to the cinema to watch this, and I was blown away by what I was watching. Um, it's the perfect blend of practical and visual effects. Um, if you watch a lot of the behind-the-scenes videos, it's amazing how much stunt work and uh, visual effects went into this film and if there was if there was ever a film where the other stunt uh, performance Oscar it's oh, it's this film um, it's got an uh, incredible cinematography the colours in this film are gorgeous there's so much orange and so much blue and it's just blended all together so well um, it was nominated for best picture and best director it lost best picture to Spotlight um, but it also had 10 other uh, 10 Oscar nom nominations in total and yeah i just absolutely love this film it's just relentless it's just it's just one big car chase which is what i love about it i love how minimal the plot is but it's just so engaging and so gripping um incredible score by junkie xl um just such a relentless score um and yeah i absolutely love this film it's on amazon prime right now so if you got prime i'd say watch it um anybody else seen it anybody else want to add anything I haven't seen it, Ranji. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I know, oh, wow. I know. I, I, ha I did start watching it and yeah. I fell asleep and never picked it back up again. Oh, crap. Really you fell bad. asleep during Mad Max Fury Road? How's that impossible? It, it was back in the day when I was actually really unwell and, and oh, had serious okay. <laughs> belts of fatigue and or bouts of fatigue and um, I just never picked it up again and I, I, I am going to re-watch it or try and watch the entire thing. Yeah, give it um, a go. Especially on the back of that. David? Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry, Ranj. I, I haven't actually seen this film either, um, which which is a real shame. It's I think it's 2015 it came out. It was, um, yeah, yeah. So it's before we started doing the podcast. But like you said, I've just had a quick look on IMDb. Ten Oscar nominations, including a Best Picture, Cinematography in there. And they actually won six Oscars, um, which is very, very impressive. Um, I haven't looked at the Rotten Tomato scores yet, but I imagine they're quite high. Um, I yeah. think it's 97% from yeah, critics. Yeah, just having a look now, 97% uh, from the critics, 85% from the audience. You've recommended it. It's on Amazon Prime now. I'm definitely going to check it out on the back of that. Nice. Herbie? Well, unlike these two posers, I have seen the best <laughs> films of recent years. We're on a film podcast and I haven't seen that disgraceful. I mean, Craig has an excuse, David less so, but yeah. you know what? <laughs> it gives you the chance to watch it for the first time, which I'm jealous of because it's, it's such a wild ride. I went to see it at the cinema after finishing, I think I finished my exams, my A-levels at school, and I went to see it, I think the day of, I think I left an exam and went to go and see it, and what a film. There's no better celebration of cinema and what people can do on film it's, it's just fantastic it's a it's a ride from start to finish literally and metaphorically um and i know world building is something that's really really yeah. over like talked about way too much at the moment but the world building in this film is really good because it shows it shows and tells you so much without having to bog you down with the specific in the details yeah you get little glimpses of like the religions that have come up and like the cults and the way people see the world 
and I've, I, it's just so immersive. It's it really is worth the watch. Have you seen the other ones, Herbie? With Mel Gibson, um, I've seen the first one, and okay. that's very different for sure. Yeah, yeah, because it's. Uh, I think there's there's like fan theories and stuff that it isn't the same Max, is it that we follow through the films, or there's yeah. something like that. I don't know, but yeah, even just going off this one, I haven't seen the other. I think there's other, there's three more. I think this is the fourth. Um, you can just go into this one. You don't need to see the others. Um, but yeah, you're right. The world building is so is brilliant. It's just so there's so many intricate details and stuff that you. You know, you like I love how um, the vehicles and stuff are just all built from uh, everyday items and things like that that we have in in our world because this is a post-apocalyptic world. Um, yeah, and it's just the script is brilliant. I love how it's, it's such a weird, weird sort of futuristic, or, but almost primal and you know, less intelligent dialogue. It, yeah, it's, it's just there's so much to pack, like unpack in this film. It's it's amazing. Dave, Craig and David definitely check it out. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Yeah, definitely. S- totally will. Cool, Herbie. What did you want to recommend to us? Right. So yeah, the film I'd like to recommend, which came out last year, is called Animals, and Animals is about a pair of longtime friends and party lovers called Laura and Tyler, who are navigating life and love in Dublin in Ireland. Um, however, the girls find themselves drifting apart when Laura becomes engaged. And it's a really interesting, introspective film about growing up, essentially. These, these are women who are, I think, in, in their early 30s at this point, um, late 20s or early 30s. And they are. They're, they're acting like they're still teen, teenagers. They're going out drinking every night. They're sort of waking up and not knowing where they are and stuff like that. And you've got um, Laura, played by Holiday Granger, who I think is great. Everything I've seen. She hasn't been in a, a huge amount of stuff. But everything I've seen her in, she's been really just fun to watch and then she sort of starts to want to grow up and and tyler played by alia shawcat who was in arrested development i believe doesn't want to and you and you see that that struggle between the two women as as one wants to sort of leave behind the life they've led and one wants to keep on living it i think both are completely understandable points of view and seeing them interact and seeing what happens i just think it's it's a really I love films like this anyway. I like slow sort of character pieces which just take a snippet of life. Um, I mean, I believe slice of life is the term used for these sort of films. And it is, it's it's not in the same way because it's not as quiet. It's very rowdy. It's very rambunctious as you'd expect for two party animals in Dublin. <laughs> but it, it, it's a look into their friendship. And I think that's really interesting and powerful because it, it doesn't always go the way you expect and it doesn't have to and it doesn't need to. And it sort of it it ends on a note where you sort of think, well, there could have been more, there could have been less, but it, it it's it it needed to be that way, in my opinion. And I think it's it's really worth watching for anyone who hasn't, because it it I mean, I went to see this at the cinema as well in the little screen of my friends, and we both enjoyed it. I don't think we were quite sure what to think when we came out, but the more I think about this film, the more I enjoy it. Mm. Um, did anyone else watch it, Craig? Did you manage to watch this? Yeah, I, I watched this in the cinema when it came out and reviewed it on the main show, and I absolutely adored this movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the central performances from Holiday Granger and Alia Shawcat were just really brilliant. Um, you really believe their friendship um, and their fights and their <laughs> everything about what they do and what they get up to. Um, it was, It was just delicious this film in a word of describing it in every sense uh, i just really loved it i yeah really great pick there herbie really really good 
yeah you can just you can just sit there and really immerse yourself in it yeah. which which is always a sign of a good film yeah absolutely absolutely David, um, as Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, sorry, Herbie. I was going to say, David, did, did you see this at all? Did we review this together? No. So I'm just looking on the IMDb, IMDb page now and looking at the poster. I didn't actually see this in the cinema, and I can't for the life of me think why. Um, perhaps, You're a busy boy. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps it was in the midst of the main show when we had lots of films to review, so we were splitting it up a bit. Um, but I do remember you reviewing this and giving it a very good review. And on the back of what Herbie said, it's on Prime now. I've got two films that have been recommended that I haven't seen that I, that I need to see. Um, and it sounds like my kind of film. I love character pieces. I love things that are heavy on character development that you can really get your teeth stuck into. Um, very solid scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, looking forward to watching it. Um, I haven't seen this film, Herbie. Um, but <laughs> I made a mistake and I thought you recommended a different film. Like going into recording this, I thought you'd recommended what you now read as is called American Animals. Have you seen that? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> this whole time, like I've got my notes ready for that and I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking we're talking about that. But um, yeah, I had not seen Animals, so that's my mistake. <laughs> well. Maybe we'll talk about American Animals one one of these episodes, and your notes yeah. won't go wasted. I hope so, because that film was brilliant. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to Cinema at Home, Amazon Prime episode two. We'd love to hear your feedback about the show, as well as additional recommendations for films to discuss. Ranji, how can the listeners do that? You can get in contact with us via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or drop us an email at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. And if you've enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Also, if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out recently and want that, want to help the podcast to continue to grow, why not join us over on Patreon? The link of which is available in the description below. And a big shout out and a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters that are helping keep this podcast going. Indeed. Stay safe, everyone, and goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Good, good, good boo. <laughs> See you later, guys. <laughs> I like how we messed up saying goodbye. Good effort. <laughs> Every time. It's a thought that counts.